they had God in the midst of the garden. You, yeah. you could walk with God in the cool of the day. You could talk with God in the cool of the day. You could fellowship with God in the cool of the day. But Adam and Eve messed it up for us in the garden. Welcome to Wesley AMA Zion Church, where we're working the vineyard through faith, worship, witness, and service. Today, Pastor Jones is sharing a message entitled, Enemy Attack on the Word. Let's go into the service. somebody and say for his glory for his glory or do you want to be where he is for his glory we live for his glory we exist for his glory do you want to be where he is do you want to be where he is for your glory Lord for your glory Lord hallelujah hallelujah Oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We've got to get to the place where we realize it's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's for his glory that we operate in this world today. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. To Bishop Daryl Starnes, a man in his lovely wife, missionary supervisor, Sister Camille Starnes, and to our presiding elder of the North Charlotte District, Dr. Wardell Henderson, amen. And to his lovely wife, Sister Myrtle Henderson, amen. 
to Reverend Wanda Cuthbertson and to Reverend Alicia Courtney and to Sister Taisha Cuthbertson and to all of the officers and family and friends of Wesley AME Zion Church. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. The scripture was read earlier from Genesis chapter 3. And for the sake of time, I won't reread it, but verses 1 through 6 will serve as our text for this morning. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And I want to share this morning from the subject of enemy attack on the word. Enemy attack on the word. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we come now to bless and thank you. We bless your name for this day. We thank you for this day, God. But we ask now, God, that in all of your power and all of your glory, that you anoint me afresh. That you fill me afresh with your power, O oh God. That your fresh anointing fall upon me. God, we thank you for allowing us the privilege to share one more time. And I ask now, God, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Yes, God. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. Yes, God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Enemy attack on the word. As I was preparing for this message, I came across an article by Dr. James Emery White entitled, Are Christians in America Under Attack? And as I read this article, there was one paragraph that stood out to me, and it goes as follows. What is happening in America is an increasing hostility and intolerance toward Christian beliefs, values that many perceive to be an attack on religious freedom. In current American culture, you are free to be a Christian as long as you don't actually live out your faith, vote your faith, take a stand in relation to your faith, or believe others should embrace your faith. That stood out to me. As long as you're a Christian and don't show it, you're all right. If you are one of those who live out your faith in God openly, you will at some point in your life find yourself under attack. The thing we need to understand is if we're not the object, that we're not the object of the attack, but what is being attacked is our faith in God and his word. See, Matthew 4 and 4 tells us man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. But before we can get to Matthew 4 and 4, we have to deal with Hebrews 11 and 6, where it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. As Christians... We must be, it must be settled in our mind that God exists. Mm -hmm. And it must be settled that we are under his truth and the power of his word. Amen. Then we can come to Matthew 4 and 4. Is the existence of God settled in your heart and in your mind? Mm -hmm. Do you know that God exists? Do you believe that God exists no matter what the world may tell you? Do you have an unshakable faith in the truth and the power of God's word? Mm -hmm. 
at some point in your life, you will have somebody come along and try to shake your faith. At some point in your life, you will have somebody come along and try to shake up your Christian world. The question is, do you have an unshakable faith in the truth and the power of God's word? But how can we call ourselves Christians if we're not living by the word of God? Hallelujah. It's a world out there now that claims to be Christian and they claim that they are lovers of God and they claim that they have relationship with God. But we do not live according to his word. The last time I checked, unless I've read something wrong, we are the ones who are supposed to live by the word of God. We're supposed to live by the commandments of God. But we have so many who want to live against the word of God and yet claim Christ at the same time. When we are present, presented with things that challenge and contradict the word of God, we cannot allow these things to have canceling power yes. in our yes. lives. Yes. I'm going to say that one more time. Yes. When we are presented with things that challenge and contradict the word of yeah. God, yes. we cannot allow these things to have canceling power yes. Yes. in yes. our lives. Amen. Can we look at yes. the text? Yes. 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 As I looked at this text, I began to... Look at the beginning of it, and it talked about the serpent. Mm-hmm. Now, many of you know, because you've been over to Revelation, you understand that it's revealing that this is the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because we go here and we talk about this serpent, and it says that he's more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. Yeah. Let me break that down for you. He's sneaky. <laughs> he's conniving. He's more deadly than any beast uh-huh. that the Lord made uh-huh. in that garden. Uh-huh. But when I began to look at that and it begins to help me to understand that he challenges the word, Mm -hmm. the word, he challenges it. The word challenges it to question formally the legality or the legal qualifications of. And the thing that you understand in that text, he says, has God indeed said, shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? He's challenging the word of God. And the thing that about it is that's what happens in our lives too. People will come to you and say, is that really what God said? Yeah, yeah. Anybody ever had yeah, that happen to yeah. them? Is that really yeah. what God said? And the thing about it is when they're challenging you and that, they're simply trying to challenge the word of God by which we say we live by. Yeah. Yeah. Is that really what God said? He put thought in Eve's mind. Is that really the thing that God opened his mouth and said? Is that really what came out of the mouth of God? See, up until this point, Adam and Eve have been enjoying the garden. They have been having a good time in the garden. And if you go back to chapter 2, verse 25, it said, and they were naked and not ashamed. There was no shame in the garden. There was no sin in the garden. They were just enjoying the garden and enjoying each other in the garden. But as you would have it, the devil pops up out of nowhere and begins to question the word of God. Is what God said legally binding in your life? Oh, hallelujah. In other words, do you really have to do that? And that's the challenge that most of us have as Christians. We're concerned about what we can and can't do. Oh, hallelujah. The last time I checked, the word of God has given me some commandments to follow. It given me some statutes to live by. And if I just worry about doing that, I'm all right. But if I get caught up in worrying about what I can't do. Oh, I'm glad I can't go to the club no more. 
I, I, I'm glad I can't smoke funny cigarettes no more. I'm glad I can't get drunk no more. I'm glad there's some things that I can't do because I serve a living God. I serve a true and a living God. Now, there are some things that I cannot do. But Paul also lets me know there are some freedoms that I have too. But I don't let my freedoms overtake me. I don't let my freedoms go into lives of somebody else that has a problem in that area. But I've got to learn to allow the word of God to be the word of God and take a legal authority yeah. in my life. Yes, right. yes, That's what the devil was trying to attack here is the word of God. Because if you go back to the very beginning, God gave Adam and Eve the authority in the God and they yeah. gave authority yeah. over the world and told them to take dominion. Yeah. Yeah. But they were giving up dominion. They were giving up the authority because they allowed the serpent to yeah. come in and yeah. take the legal right of yeah. God's word away from yeah. them. But if we just hold on to the word of God and allow that word of God to have legal binding power in our lives. But see, we face trouble when we allow God's words to be challenged. When you allow people to come into your space and challenge the word of God, you're going to find yourself in trouble. When you allow people to come and challenge your faith, you're going to find yourself in trouble. See, if we get ourselves in trouble when we allow people to come and share some nonsense in our life and we believe what they say over what God says. That's why I'm so glad in the Sunday school lesson this morning, the widow at Zarephath believed the prophet over everything. She believed the prophet over her situation. She believed the prophet over her lack. She believed the prophet, even if she might have had doubts, she didn't express them and she sure enough didn't act on them. She did exactly what the prophet said. And I'm so glad that we can't allow things to come in and challenge the word of God in numbers 23 and 19 says God is not a man that he should lie that right there tells me whatever God says I can trust it because God doesn't lie and in John 17 17 says sanctify them by the truth your word is true whatever God says out of his mouth is true whatever God says out of his mouth is sure and the word that he gave Adam and Eve it was true and it was sure there in the garden that day so there was no need for them to believe anything else there was no need for them to entertain the serpent there was no need for them to know what anybody else had to say because God God had already spoken. He said there's a tree in the garden. Now there's some beautiful trees in the garden. And you can have of any of those trees all that you want. But there's one tree in the midst of the garden. Don't eat from it. And don't touch it. But you know how we are. Hey, Any fool come along and tell you. Did God really say that? Can you not really touch that tree? And then it's so strange that when he comes, he attacks and he challenges the word of God. But we know what God has said. Yeah. Yeah. It's when we know what God has said. How can anybody come along and challenge you yeah. and what God has said? Yeah. I'm just a firm believer now that I'm going to a place in my life that whatever God says, you know, that saying to go. If God said it, that settles it. Yeah. If God said it, that settles it for me. See, when we encounter people who question what we believe, it is an attack on the word of God. And any attack on truth is an attack on the Bible. Yeah. When we have people that come in and they attract the attack, the truth of God's word, they're attacking the Lord and Savior and which yeah. I believe yeah. in. Yeah. They're attacking the word of God of which I said I'm going to yeah. live by. Yeah. But I've got to learn to let God's word rule and reign in my life. Yeah. Word, God's word has got to have the ultimate authority yeah. in my life. I can't let some other authoritative text yeah. have this way in my life. I've got to let the word of God have this way in my life. i got to live by the word of God. I've got to preach the word of God. I've got to say the word of God. And if you ask me my opinion, I might not tell you what I think, but I can tell you what the word of God says about your situation. 
That's Hallelujah. It. That's it. Yes. We cannot Thank allow the enemy to attack our word by challenging the word of God. But as I began to look in verses 2 through 5, I began to see that the woman has this conversation. And she says to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Mm -hmm. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil comes that he might contradict the word of God. The word contradict means to imply the opposite or the denial of. The serpent communicates an opposing message to what God has said. Mm -hmm. He says to Eve, you shall not surely die. Mm -hmm. God is just pulling your chain. Mm -hmm. God is just deceiving you. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that. You shall not surely die. Mm -hmm. He's enticing her by contradicting what God has said. Mm -hmm. There's so many times when people will come into your world and try to contradict what the Bible has said. Yeah. They'll try to contradict what the word has said. Mm -hmm. That contradiction to God's word has a purpose and that is to create doubt in your life. Yes, if you let people come into your circle and you let them contradict anything that God has said, if you let them contradict the word of God, it won't be long before this doubt will begin to creep up in your heart. Yeah. You'll soon begin to doubt everything that God said simply because you let one contradictory word pop up in your life. You got those folk out there that question why you go to church. Why do you believe in that God that you say that you believe in? They bring up all of this nonsense. And watch when it comes close to Easter time. You're going to show enough get some folk coming out of the woodwork with all kind of contradictory information about the resurrection. All kind of contradictory information about what happened at that Red Sea experience. Because they're trying to contradict what the word of God has said. And if the fact is said we stop said that when Moses and the children of Israel went across on dry ground it said that the Red Sea closed up and began to swallow up the, Israel, uh, the, the Egyptians and began to swallow up Pharaoh well some people say well you know you get all deep Bishop listen. well in that particular part of the world yeah. it's only about six inches of water there well I say you know that's even more of a miracle as they yeah. say because yeah. God drowned them in six yeah. inches of water a whole army so you're negating your whole point in that trying to contradict the word of God but if we just keep believing in the word of God I don't care what people tell me I'm so steadfast I'm so hooked on the word of God that I don't let doubts come into my mind I know you got some folk today to still say well you know there's just some things about the Bible that I I just still doubt there, there's some things about God that I I still doubt and you can't get over the the resurrection you can't get over the the virgin birth well get over it yeah. it's in the word of God get over it because God said it and as we learned this morning if God said it it's going to come to pass if God spoke it it's going to be true if God has said it we learned again minute ago God is not a man that he should lie yeah. when was the last time God lied to you yeah. I'll wait 
Never. And if he's never lied to you, why don't you think you can trust him? Anytime somebody comes to contradict the word of God, his sole purpose is to bring doubt into your life. Stop operating in doubt. Stop letting people come and contradict the word of God in your life. Stop allowing that negative nonsense to come into your world. If you are believing in Jesus Christ, then you do that. Believe Jesus Christ. Believe God over everything. And don't let the contradictions create a shift in your desires. When Satan began to contradict what God said, it started to create a shift in Eve. Maybe that tree is good. Maybe God wasn't telling the truth. Be careful. Anytime a different desire than other than that for God has come into your life. You're in trouble. God is the one thing that we should desire above all things. I love my wife, but I desire God more. I love my children and my grandchildren, but I desire God more. And you should desire God more above anything. Above anything in this world, you should desire God more. You should desire God more than that car you got outside. You should desire more than the money that you got in your bank account. Or the lack of money you got in your bank account. You should desire God above any and everything in your life. People will try to contradict the the validity of the Bible. This is not a man-made book. Let me straighten that out right here. This is the word of God. This is God-breathed, God-inspired. Men were so wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. Someone will tell you that the Bible is filled with contradictions. Ask them how long they spent reading and searching the scriptures to come to that conclusion. And they'll probably tell you, well, I just read it a few minutes. Well, how can you come to the conclusion that is filled with contradiction? But I believe if you keep on reading, if you keep on studying, if you keep on searching the scriptures, You'll find out that there's a very cohesiveness about the word of God. You'll find out that the word of God flows from Revelation all the way back to Genesis. You'll find out there's one redemption story being told from Genesis all the way to Revelation. If you just find out for a few minutes, just stay in the word for a while. If there's some things you don't understand, don't worry about it. There may be a little gap in your knowledge and your understanding. But if you just keep reading the word, if you just keep studying the word, you'll find out there are no contradictions there. There are just some gaps in your knowledge and your understanding. But when you find out that the things that God has said are true and that the scripture is true and that the things that have come to the very conclusion that God is not a man that he should lie. We cannot allow people to deceive us and cause us to doubt the word of God. Yes, yes. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. You can let them deceive you if you want to, but I'm not up to letting people deceive me. And sometimes they can come up with some good logical yeah. Answers. They can come up with some good logical reasoning and rationale. But when it's all said and done, it is but dung. Hallelujah. I'm trying to say it in a holy way. Amen. <laughs> what he said. We got to learn and understand this. I don't care what people come to me with. I don't care. I've learned to let the challenges of God, I check them. Mm-hmm. You can't challenge my God. Mm-hmm. You can't challenge what I believe in God. You can't contradict what God has said either. Because you understand Satan left out a few things in his text when he started to come at him. And when you see, we got to realize this. He often gives you a little bit of truth wrapped in a great big old lie to contradict the word of God. And because we see the element of truth in it, we start to believe that that's real truth. Be careful. 
Make sure that it's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And the last thing that I saw in the text is not only did he challenge the word of God, he contradicted the word of God, but he cancels the word of God. Now, before you throw stones at me, that's blasphemy, Jones. How can you say that he canceled the word of God? Anytime somebody can convince you not to follow the word of God, they just canceled the word of God. They canceled his power. They've canceled this authority because you chose to follow what somebody said over what God has said. Look at verse six. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Now, fellas, before you get carried away. <laughs> Let me clear it up. Adam should have spoke up. Amen. He let the serpent talk to his woman yes. when he should have spoke up. Yes. He sat over there. Uh, uh. <laughs> and the serpent just dialoguing with his woman. You know, he got, as they call it, grandma didn't say, that old slick tongued devil. Yes. He talking to Eve and, and he didn't say one word. Yes. And when it got to the point that he began to even convince Eve, and she not only ate, but she gave to her husband that was with her. And let's clear this up, too. It wasn't an apple. Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't tell us what the fruit was. So be careful. Amen. Fruit come in some various shapes, forms, and fashions. Hallelujah. Various shapes, forms, and fashions that might be canceling out the power of God. The serpent was attempting to make God a victim of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, you millennials know what that is. Amen. Amen. That's when you began to attack somebody and, and you began to unfollow them and you began to boycott them in a way to cancel their career. Mm. Cancel culture. You're supposed to know that. Amen. <laughs> now, here's the thing. He's trying to cancel God. Mm. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can't cancel God. Yeah. He's yeah. trying to put cancel culture against God. And the truth is told, the world is trying to do the same thing. Yes, they are. Let a Christian stand up and say what they believe. Cancel culture. Let a Christian stand up for what is right in the eyes of the Lord. Cancel culture. Let a Christian say the wrong thing about homosexuality. Cancel culture. Let a Christian say the wrong thing about those who are fornicating. Cancel culture. Let a Christian say the wrong thing about those who are operating illicit lifestyles and doing illicit things. Cancel culture. Let a Christian say anything about anybody that's doing anything wrong. Cancel culture. Don't let people cancel you. You see, this is the thing I see. He's challenging and contradicting God's word because it's telling something different. It goes to the point where it begins to show you and you make you see things in a different way. Notice what it said. And the woman saw the tree that it was good. She hadn't looked at that tree that way before. She hadn't seen that tree in that light before. But now that the serpent has begun to talk to her, the serpent has begun to challenge and he's began to contradict the word of God. He said, now that I got a right way I want to, I can yeah. cancel the power of God's word in our life. Yeah. And he began to get her to see things in a different light. Yeah. Be careful about seeing things in a different yeah. light. Yeah. If God has already said something about it, don't let somebody come along and say, well, you need to look at it this way. Mm. 
No, I'm going to look at it the way God showed me. I'm going to look at it the way God said I needed to look at it. And we began to see things in a different way. And I know President Obama said that he had his eyes open and he was been enlightening about some situations. It's because he began to see things in a different way. We have to be very careful about us seeing things in a different way. And the serpent will come and make you see things in a different way. And his challenging and contradicting words cause a counseling desire in us. He canceled out the desire for God and began to create a desire for that tree. They had God in the midst of the garden. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing that they lost for us. Yeah. They had God in the midst of the garden. You, yeah. you could walk with God in the cool of the day. You could talk with God in the cool of the day. You could fellowship with God in the cool of the day. But Adam and Eve messed it up for us in the garden. If it wasn't for them, we could still be walking in the garden with God today. If it wasn't for them, we could still be enjoying the presence of the Lord today. How you doing, God? It's, it's good to see you again, God. Matter of fact, I just saw you yesterday and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that. Oh, it's just good to be in the garden with the Lord. But because they sinned and, and messed it up for us, they got kicked out of the garden. And when they got kicked out, we got kicked out. And because they were kicked out, and not only were they kicked out, but God put a flaming sword to the edge of the garden so that they couldn't come back in. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And I was so, I was so, it always has baffled me that when you got the tree of life in the garden and you got the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, why didn't you choose life? Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that they got kicked out. Because they had, they had the knowledge of good and evil and they partaken of the tree of life. They would live ever in that sinful last estate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm so grateful that God is coming to our lives. He can help us to cancel out the contradicting voices of the devil. Yes. And not only that, but his challenging and contradicting words cause counseling actions in our lives. Yes, it says that they then began to take of the tree. Yeah. Now notice the commandment was don't take from it, don't eat from it because you will surely die. die. And I see that's what some people say. Well, that's a contradiction right there. They ate of it and they did not die. There's a thing called spiritual death. Yes. They died spiritually that day. They got separated from God that day. Because if you keep reading to the end of the text, you'll find that they were naked again. But this time it said that they hid themselves from the Lord. Shame has showed up. Yeah. Sin had come into the world and now they were trying to hide themselves. Well, before they were just free in the garden. Yeah. There were no issues. There was no sin. But now they're trying to hide themselves from the Lord. Yeah. I, I, oh, give me some leaves. Eve, help me. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to hide from the Lord. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. They're trying to hide from the Lord. <laughs> one last time you hear from the Lord. <laughs> You thought you were, but you weren't hiding anything from him. We can hide nothing from the Lord. And as they were trying to hide, their actions took over and they began to partake of that tree. And as they partook of that tree, their actions had counseling power. It began to counsel out the power of the word of God in their lives. And understand this, his challenging, contradicting words caused us to introduce counseling power into the lives of others. Yeah. How is that, Jones? Yeah. Eve took the fruit. And gave to her husband that was with her. Yes. Oh, we got to be careful what we're giving other folk. Yes. 
We can give them something that will cancel out the power of God in their lives. We can give them something that won't do them any good. We can give them something that will destroy them rather than promote life in them. So be very careful about allowing challenging and contradictory words to come into your life. Because if we accept those things and start passing them off as part of our Christian relationship, we could be doing somebody's life a disservice. We could be causing detrimental in somebody's life. We could be causing somebody's life to die because we've introduced something into yeah. their life. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful about allowing these things that we might introduce counseling power into the lives of others. And as I close, this word of God is important to us. And it's important to our survival. John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Since Adam and Eve could not pass the test in the garden, Jesus shows us how in the wilderness. Satan challenged Jesus' trust in the Father. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He was challenging Jesus to trust in himself rather than trust in God. I will never trust in me. I'll never trust in my power, but I'd rather trust in the power of Almighty God. Satan contradicted the word of God. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down and he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up and that you might not dash your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil was mis misquoting scripture to get Jesus to operate outside of God's will. Don't go outside of the will of God. Don't put yourself out there and say, God, if I jump off this building, I'm sure that you'll catch me. I'm sure that you'll keep me from dying. You might not make it because you're putting God to the test. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in that position. And Satan tried to counsel the power of God's word. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All that is will give you if you will but bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's a lesson we got to learn today. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. But see, the devil wanted Jesus to compromise his ministry. He wanted him to compromise his mission, his loyalty. And if you're not careful, you'll wind up doing the same thing. You'll compromise the ministry. You'll compromise the mission. You'll compromise your loyalty to God. And if you hadn't gotten it yet, let me take you to the cross at Calvary. Satan made one last attempt, one last attack on the word of God at the cross at Calvary. On that old rugged cross, the devil tried to challenge the power and authority of God's word. Come down if you're the son of God. He wanted him to use his power prematurely. But Jesus didn't do it. He stayed right there on that cross hanging between life and death. On that old rugged cross, the devil tried to contradict the ordained purpose of Jesus dying on the cross. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. Their faith would have been in vain. He had to die for man's sin. So he couldn't come down from that cross at Calvary. On that old rugged cross, the devil tried to cancel the power of salvation. It looked like he had him for a minute when Jesus cried out, Lamanai, Lamanai Sabathini, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? But what he didn't know was that all that meant was that God was reconciling yeah. mankind back to himself at that moment. 
So there on that old rugged cross. But how do you know all this, Joe? Because one day over at East Stonewall, I gave my life to him. One day over at East Stonewall, I didn't let the word get challenged. I didn't let contradictions come in. I didn't let it cross the power of God. But I said, I'm going to live for God. And for God, I live. And for God, I die. You too can have that same power. You too can have that same authority in your life. You too can receive salvation through Jesus Christ. If you will but let the challenges go away by not believing them. If you will but let the contradictions go away and say, no, God is right in everything he does. And don't let him cancel the power of salvation in your life. You can receive Jesus Christ today as Lord and Savior. You can come to him today and have a right relationship with him. You can put some of the nonsense and the foolishness aside and give your life to Christ today. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Because early, yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. One Sunday morning, yes, sir. he got up. Thank you, God. With all power. Hallelujah. With all authority. Hallelujah, God. In his hands. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Because he got up on that day. Hallelujah. I believe him. Yes, sir. I trust him. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. And I give my life to him. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.